WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, uh, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be. We want to make more podcasts for you and for everyone, and we can't do it alone. If you are looking for an excellent Christmas gift to give somebody, give them the gift that keeps on giving, and maybe sign them up for a $10 pledge to Bacon and Eggs, uh, where they can get unedited episodes of audio, and they get uh, to access to our Discord server, and they get all the good stuff. Uh, and I highly recommend it. It's a great gift right here as we head into the holidays, uh, and it's it's just a super fun time, and we'd love love to have uh, your person. Anyway, uh, check out all the great reward tiers we have over on patreon.com slash bacon and eggs, uh, and we could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Chill. And today we're getting our wings. Or maybe we're just never born. So save your town from the Great Depression. And jump into a freezing river to rescue an angel. Because today we're bringing you... It's a Wonderful Life. To just do the words that are on the page it would, in like it your would normal voice, kill just me. one it would, it time, would straight up kill me. It's I would this, die. Th- this is not even a British movie. I know. No I know, one got... is British in this movie. Should we do it again with the, like the um, transcontinental accent they do? I mean, I've never been particularly gifted at that. Howdy, Oaks, and welcome. Howdy, back Oaks, to and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. My name is Ethan Hill, and today we're getting our wings, or maybe we're just never born. So save your town from the Great Depression. And jump into a freezing river to rescue an angel, because, because today, today we're bringing, we're you, bringing you, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. <laughs> the RKO and Metro Goldwyn Mayer's Pictures presents a Frank Capra movie. Starring, oh God, what's his name? Jimmy Page? No, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy James Stewart. Stewart. James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Who's Jimmy Page? He's the guitarist. He's a guitar player for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> he is British. At least, at least he's somebody. So they've remade this movie a few times. Are we doing the 39? A what? They've no, remade this version, world. this movie a couple times? Yeah, this is a 1994 version, uh, which looks like it's entirely Chinese, as well as a 2007 version, which is also entirely Asian, and a 2010 version, which is not. Okay, well, we're doing the, uh, the, 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 the 1946. Uh, okay. I did not look up how many days ago that was. Hang on a second. Okay. How many days ago? This was? is the new oldest movie we've covered on Bacon and Eggs by a, by a wide margin. By, by a wide margin, yeah. By, uh, I think 20 years. Yeah, so I think closest to that would have been like... Poppins. Uh, what? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Which I think was 66. Yeah, and then after that would have been like... Uh, Jaws or Python. Python, yeah, that's what I was thinking. They were the same year. I can't remember which one came out first. Uh, 20,019 days ago. <laughs> sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, 27,019 days ago. Woo! So, this movie was directed by Frank Capra. It came out December 20th, 1946, which was 27,019 days ago. On a $3.18 million budget, hardly made it back, $3.3 million worldwide, uh, 94% critic rating and 95% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 89 on Metacritic. Ethan, do you have a negative review from a professional critic? I do. I've got a review here from Manny Farber of the New Republic, uh, who says Capra is. Oh, sorry, Capra is an old-time movie craftsman, the master of every trick <laughs> in the bag, and in and in many ways, he is more at home with the medium than any other Hollywood director. But all of his details give the impression of contrived effect. Beautiful. No way. That's negative. He didn't right, like. Right. Yeah. No. The, all the four. There were five negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and they were all pretty much like, "Yeah, this is." I can say so much about this movie. <laughs> 
You know, I'm surprised. I think I think this movie's so deeply personal. Nobody that critiques movies has like a bad relationship with their father. Um, hang on. Let me uh why don't you give me a positive review and I'll read you the other negative reviews. All right, I've got Mark Lee from the Daily Telegraph in the UK. The inspirational, thoroughly festive ending is guaranteed to bring tears to the eyes. Master Wayne. Why do we wish we were not born, Master Wayne? So we can come back to life and live Christmas again. Uh, so, so Ken Hankey of Mountain Express, Asheville, North Carolina says, It suits a lot of people, but I find it hypocritical. And he gave it three out of five. Uh, and then... Marianne Johansson uh, says it isn't a terrible film by any means and it's easy to see why people revere it six out of ten <laughs> <laughs> and PJ Nabarro of PatrickNabarro.com says one problem with the film is that it's only in the acquisition of money and the community subjugating their own savings and needs for George that his rebirth can be complete I know it's just a film about the dangers of capitalism really it, it truly truly that speech that George makes it, when, it, when he when he he's like when he's like 19 years 20 years old his father just dies and he confronts mr potter and he he says that thing about like you know well the the rabble that you're talking about they do most of the living and dying and working and breathing in this town and and you know is it so much for them to to work and pay and live and die in three decent rooms and a bath and according to mr potter yes uh, according yes, to mr is. potter yes <laughs> yes it is but like that's still when he's like do you know how long it takes a working man to save five thousand dollars i was like that still tracks yeah, that does still tracks, man. There's emergency expenses. Do you know how expensive the hospital is when you can afford it? It's insane. Yeah. I mean, the hospital calls you and they're like, that'll be $3,000 and you happen to have it. It's like, crap. I mean, my okay. insurance isn't going to pay for this because they know I have it. Right. Your dad makes too much money for you to, to they have to pay for you to go to college, even though they won't. Exactly. Is that is uh, that the mood we're setting? Tyler just changes gamer fridge lights to, <laughs> to freaking turquoise. Ice blue. Ice, ice blue. So, uh, Ethan, we don't have a guest this week. We don't. Um, oh, we're recording it in advance, so your reviews, if you're a listener, had to be in by 9.02 p.m.-ish on December 10th. Uh, yeah, listener um, score is tallied. Oh, cool. I uh, will not tell you what it is. That's for the end of the episode. But right, I will. Right. Uh, we can read some listener reviews here. Yeah, what do, you, what do you have for a negative, or no, a positive listener review? Uh, oh, we well, don't have I, any negative listener yeah. reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other Ethan says... It's a Wonderful Life gets 97 out of 100 from me. It's my favorite Christmas movie of all time, with lots of personal meaning. George Bailey's arc from not appreciating the life he's been given to finding a purpose again is a timeless class that will grace my screen for years to come. And Alpha Wolf says 96 out of 100. It's nearly perfect in every way. Beautiful movie with beautiful characters, beautiful visuals, beautiful movie. Or beautiful music. What a movie. <laughs> beautiful movie with beautiful movie. <laughs> beautiful, 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 beautiful. Tyler, give me a zero out of 100. 40 no i'm kidding i will come through this microphone right now <laughs> did, you, did you have like a momentary heart attack legitimately i kind of expected you to not like this movie um no i i think it's fantastic um uh so i know i'm a firm believer in the perfect 10 the perfect 100 yeah so tell me why this isn't a perfect 100 then You know what? I'll do. I'll do it. I'll give it a hundred. I will also give it a hundred. I've been thinking a lot about. So this movie really, really made me think about everything um, in ways that I have not thinked about everything from a film in a long time, especially like a Christmas movie. Okay, even so, giving it a perfect ten for ten. Tell me more. So this isn't a Christmas movie. Like this movie has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. Uh, it is made better by the fact that it is Christmas. They literally like Christmas is thrown in there as like a, a heartstring puller. 
right. effect because it's so much sadder, right? That Mary's alone at the library on Christmas without George, right? It just right. it adds an extra. Everybody's at that bar being miserable to each other on Christmas. And George could have changed it all if and he had go- just been born. George could have changed it all if he'd just been born. This movie could have take place, t- taken place in the middle of July and been the same movie. It was filmed. Fun fact. In the middle. It was filmed. Yeah, in the middle, in the of, middle of, summer. of summer. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times you can see like like when George is really stressed, he he's got like he's like sweating because he's actually sweating because he's mm-hmm. wearing a wool coat indoors in july before the invention of air conditioners yep and this was this was his first film back from war yep brigadier general james stewart it's a different time man i think a lot of times we take i don't want to say take for granted but we we don't contextualize that like what was this 80 years ago 74 years ago god that's a long time uh you know, like movie stars were veterans in ways that like, I, I don't want to take anything away from like Adam Driver, who was a veteran, but like all movie stars were veterans. Yeah. Like all they had male to go. movie stars. They had to were, go. Were, they had to go. They Jimmy were Jimmy Stewart went. Elvis Presley went. Like. I mean, it's just wild. Yeah. And it was like, like World War Two, like a, like, right? World War Two. Yeah. World War Two. Yeah. Like a war war. Now that we're not at war war now, but you know what I mean. Like, well, that was the last time we really had a, a proper war. I, I think Vietnam and Korea probably count. No, that was different, man. The, the enemies didn't wear uniforms in Vietnam yeah. or Korea, right? Like they hid in trees and stuff. They didn't right. march in a big old line waving flags that said "We hate Jews." Right, right. Like it was a lot easier back then. You had a clear and defined enemy who was literally murdering millions of people daily for no reason. For no reason, right? Like it was easy to get behind World War II. But yeah, all male movie stars were were you know war veterans in in, in like active service, right? Like they would go fight alongside in the trenches with with people and i mean adam driver i don't think was a he, i think he was a movie star after he was a veteran i believe yes yeah, yeah he like, wasn't like movie star and then was like you know what i'm gonna go world fight. war ii happened in the middle of a lot of these people's careers well i guess right. at the middle jimmy stewart lived to be old he died in 1997 dang yeah uh his last movie was a voice acting part in an american tale five goes west in 1991 hmm. i've never heard of that it's a it's a good movie. It's a movie about a little mouse that uh, well, originally in the first one, an American tale. Uh, Fievel is a, is a mouse from like Romania or Poland or something that uh, comes to America through Ellis Island. Hmm. And it's like the and, whole like they have Jimmy their Stewart own mouse Ellis Island for mice and cats and stuff. Right. That kind of thing. And then he uh, travels to the West on the bottom of a train. So let me ask you this, Ethan. I watched this movie in remastered 4K color. I understand I probably wasn't supposed to. But it was extremely pretty. Well, I, that, see, that's shocking to me. I've seen some remasters of this movie before, some some colorations um, that have been now, just horrendous. So you might, do you think you feel that way because you've seen the black and white? And I don't think there's anything wrong with the black and white version. I just think the colored version makes it I don't, more accessible. I had never seen this movie. Let me let me preface all of yeah. this. I had never seen this movie. And it was one of those things where like people would constantly talk about this movie as the greatest Christmas movie of all time, one of the greatest films of all time. And I would be like, I don't think I've seen that. And then, but I always in the back of my mind was like, I'm sure I've seen it. You have. I had never. Yeah, no. Seen this is this. a pretty wackadoo story, especially for this time. Like, they got away with a lot in this movie. Yes. Um, and that's it, part of why it's so timely. It, this is a weird, not a weird, but this is like a, a, a script that is very good in ways that I am not 
qualified even to describe, right? Because like this movie gets you in places where you're not expe- where it doesn't even make sense. Yes, where you just start crying for so no I didn't reason. Cr- so I, as a first time viewer of the film, I had no idea that we were watching the first act for the first two hours. The pacing is uh, interesting, for sure. It, it's it's first act for two hours, and then second act for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then third act for like four minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little bit less exaggerated than that, but yeah. Uh, I did not, I didn't know it at all. Um, I didn't know what to expect. And I going into the ending when the guardian angel shows up, like I didn't, it didn't get me until after Clarence was gone. And then I was sobbing. I cried 11 minutes in. I, I counted it. Well, I, so when I was watching it, having never seen a movie from the 40s, when a grown man actually slapped and made a child bleed on camera, I was not crying so much. I was like, mm, this man seems horrible and I hate the 40s. But this he's is not. The worst. He's not horrible. Well, he slapped a child and made him bleed. That real life happened. I mean, no, it didn't. Yes, it did. That actually happened. He actually hits him. Oh, well, I don't know. I didn't do a whole lot of the trivia on this one. I did. I was very fat. I was so interested. I was like, I wonder if there's more I can learn about it. So anyway, uh, uh, about color. Um, I have not seen the remaster that you are talking about, but like the colorations of these old black and white movies, it was a just total crapshoot for a lot because it was definitely a thing that they did, right? Like when they started making color movies, I mean, they were making color movies before this was made, but when the color movies really started to be a thing and be the thing, and especially when they started having color televisions to play them on, a lot of these got a really bad color job. And that was all that survived for a long time was like the TV copy in color so they just looked like the the, the it, they were grainy and bad and like oversaturated and just gross colors and it's so, like i'm sure they can do it better now than they've ever been able to well and i don't know if like i was in the perfect setting to watch this as well like i went over to my mom and dad's house and the tree was on and we had like hot cocoa and we had the lights dimmed and it was like i don't think the experience could have been more conducive right to, to really enjoying this well, I'm, I'm really glad you did. I was very concerned about this one because I know you're not a big fan of the older movies and, and really haven't really experienced many of them. And I, 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 I do think it's less that I haven't experienced many and not that I'm not. A, I do have a hard time with the accent. It drives me crazy. Really? Yeah. Jimmy Stewart's one of the greatest actors to ever live, for sure. One of my all-time favorites. Do you think, I mean, if he would, like, if they pulled Christian Bale from Ford vs. Ferrari and put Jimmy Stewart in it, I think yeah, I he think probably would have done... I think you it think holds so? up. Yeah. So the dude played the lead role in like 95 movies. That's a lot. It's a lot. Um, he's been in some, fa- outside of this one, I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor for this movie. Did not win. This movie lost everything it was nominated for to the best years of our lives, which is a war movie in 1946. Well, yeah, I think that's, I mean, not fair, but like. It was like the war movie about World War II, like as it was happening. All's fair in love and war, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Stewart was a recipient of a Best Actor for i can't even remember what he has been in some fantastic movies he was in four or five different hitchcock movies that are among my uh, rear windows one of my favorite ones ever like the dude's just constantly present in great films um and he actually didn't have it like his accent was remarkable compared to other actors of the day right like he he, he doesn't have the transatlantic accent they let him be like a hick oh kind of He's he's still got it a bit. I mean, not really. Not compared to like, come on, Mr. Potter, can't these people live? It's it's not that though. It's it's more soft. It's more drawly. I don't know. It's different. It's different. You gotta you gotta experience some more of these movies. Some Cary Grant movies. Some Humphrey Bogart movies. Humphrey Bogart's 
the example of the of the transatlantic yeah for men at least it's uh, have you ever watched the uh like bloopers from the 40s how do you mean where the like where every so often you'll come across one of these videos where they're filming and like while they're reading their lines or reciting their lines they're doing the transatlantic but if they mess something up they'll be like now mr potter can't you son of a bitch And they'll just like talk like a human being. Well, that's the thing is Jimmy Part or Jimmy Stewart really talked like that. That was just his voice. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Humphrey Bogart is the guy from from uh, Casablanca, just another one you should eventually experience. And says things like, "Here's looking at you, kid." This movie was fun. This is fun. You know, I love their their small town America that they build here. I've never wanted how- to live anywhere more than end of movie Bedford Falls. Yeah, just this perfect, perfect snowy community in upstate New York where they everything is. Um, you know no longer probably owned by the evil guy who owns everything you get to just you get to build houses and people just live in houses says uh the what is the bartender's name martini martini yeah so the only set from this film that you can still visit is martini's house uh the one that uh that that they they build for him that george builds for yeah uh everything else is gone but you can still go to that house because it's just like if you if you were to street view it, you'd be like, oh, this is just a house. Like, yeah, just somebody's just somebody somebody's just lives here. House. <laughs> There's a museum somewhere in the town that like this is based on. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I think it's in Indiana, right? Yeah, something falls, Indiana, and they have like a it's a wonderful life museum that they opened in like 2010. So this movie flopped entirely, right? I mean, it, it barely made its money back. Yeah, it was considered a commercial failure, and it definitely. And actually, th- Go ahead. It's, its revival was an accident. I was reading about this as well. So the reason that everybody has seen it is because I think it was in 1976, uh, they lost the rights to the film. It accidentally got put in the public domain. And it was put in the public domain. <laughs> so every TV network would be like, we don't need 24-hour news. We have It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> it's the same reason like with the Christmas story, right? Where, where TNT or TBS runs it all year. Right. So, now, like, we have the rights to one Christmas movie. We're going to run it all day on Christmas. Now, the rights have been reclaimed, and it's only arable on NBC twice a year. Uh, but that's how... It, it, for it was, 20 years, that's how it happened. It was hard to get for a long time. Yeah. You had to, like... You had to get some sketchy... Like, when it first came out on DVD, it was very hard to get. You couldn't... It, it was never on. If you did, if you caught it, like, the twice that NBC played it, you got... It was like, oh, man. Because I remember my, my mom would get the TV guide, and she would circle the day and be like, okay, we're watching It's a Wonderful Life this day. That's so wild. This... I can't believe this is a tradition that everybody has that I have... And I've never experienced it. Dude, this is... This is, like... This is one of my top... I, I didn't list it in my top five because... When we did the top five list, I wish we had never done that episode because I feel so beholden to it. You shouldn't. I don't even remember what I said. I don't either. But like, I feel I definitely said things and I say things that are in my top 10 all the time that I know I didn't think of. Um, But like, I always feel weird putting Christmas movies in my top 10 because it's a Christmas movie, right? Like it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be somehow like lower. But it's not. But it's not. Like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I give this 100. This is among the few movies that, like, it is never, I've never been brought out of it once. You don't watch it in black and white and be like, that's not how I see the world. No. The black and white is beautiful. It has remained sure it is. beautiful. Um, I mean, Frank Capra is was a master. Like, he was, they there used were, to there have. There were, like, dolly shots. There was all yeah. sorts of crazy camera work in this. I was like, are you kidding? Right. Like, I, I don't want to get, so I don't want to get sucked in the trap of, like, Oh, they don't make them like they used to, you know, because I hate that logic. I hate that line of reasoning with Here's, my whole core, uh, because I, I do, do think that there have been more movies made since the 
Like, I think there have been more better movies made since 2000 than before 2000. Truly, I do. I, well, here's here's what happens, right? Is somebody will look at 50 years of cinema and be like, oh, The Wizard of Oz, and it's a wonderful life. They just don't make them like they used to. When, you know, 10 Oscar nominees from 2019 may not hold a candle to those two films. But they but do, But if you though. look at every mate, film made from 1946 right. to 2020. Well, that's the thing is, if you watch, like, if you watch, like, Turner Classic Movies, right? The, mm-hmm. the channel that just plays these old movies constantly. You'll be fooled into thinking that all old movies are phenomenal. Right. Because they only play the good ones. Like, right. Like, the, if it didn't get at least get nominated for an Oscar, it's not showing. Right. And that's why I think the Oscars are so important. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, the Oscars are pointless. It's a scam. It's a... Man, if, if it came out in 2015 and it wasn't Oscar nominated, I'm probably not going to revisit it unless it's a franchise film. Or I have like a specific reason. Right. It, it definitely is. It, the nominations, I, th- I think, are more interesting and more important than the wins yeah, generally. I would agree. Because like movies have a, a habit of like sweeping things. It'll be like, oh, there's always a reason that it gets this right. Like 1917, it's like you're not going to give it to the movie that doesn't or to any other movie than 1917 for cinematography, no matter who tried. Right. Right. Because they made a whole a, war movie look like a one Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I haven't either. But but every clip I've awesome. seen from it is incredible. I do know it's, it's not as many shots as you'd think. Like I know that uh, like Birdman is, is two shots, right? Birdman? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a bunch. Right, but like it looks like two shots. There are zero noticeable cuts in Birdman. I thought there was one where they like panned up and then panned back down. I mean, they, there is. I wouldn't, it wouldn't say it's noticeable though. Ah. Like if you, uh. if you are, you pull yourself back from the movie and you're like, hmm, that's where they did a cut. Then you'll find it. You'll find that one. The rest of them, I can't. I have no idea. It's cool. Although I'd be but interested, I, now that I know a little bit about like, like I've done my own I- amateur filmmaking and I've made music videos and stuff and like learned sort of how video editing works that that sort of respect i would be interested to go back and watch because i haven't seen birdman in a couple years now three or four years now i'm terrified to revisit it to tell you the truth what if it sucks what if it sucks <laughs> i don't think it does um but i would be curious to go back and, and watch it and see if if uh i can pick some stuff out now movies like that i just never watch anymore unless we're covering from the show or covering them for the show because i'm like man i want to watch it and then have tyler be like three weeks from now be like hey should we cover birdman <laughs> and I just watched it, but I didn't watch it recently enough to just cover it like that. I, you know, people keep asking us to cover films, and there's a bunch of good ones that people are throwing out. And I keep being like, man, we should put a schedule together. <laughs> but then I'm, I'm always like, no, because things always just happen. But we should put a schedule together. That we should be more organized. Eh, generally, yeah, probably, yeah. But I kind of like the fly-by-wire way we pick the movies, right? Like, <laughs> I enjoy it. Like, Monday afternoon, what are we covering? Yeah, I get a text from Tyler that says, what are we covering this week? And I'm like, ah, what movies exist? Yeah, I've never, never heard seen of a movie. A movie. <laughs> um, I like this sh- Do you think if we didn't do this show, you'd watch as many movies as you do? Uh... <sighs> Because yes. I can almost guarantee I do. I would not. I, but I think I would watch them in chunks more than I like, do. Like I watch a movie a week. So because that's how I, I consume I, things, right? Like once once binge TV started being a thing, that was that's how I consume things. B- right. TV, podcasts, audiobooks, regular books. It's like I, like I, I tweeted the phrase today. This was a podcast year, but it was true. Like this was a year where I listened to podcasts. Right. Like and that's I think, what I consumed this year. Yeah. And I think so. I think if we didn't do this show, I don't know that I would almost ever watch movies. Like I was talking about it in our Discord server today. Somebody was talking about Disney Channel original movies and how like there's a bunch of really good ones. And I was like, I'm sure that there are. I've seen honest, honest to God, maybe two ever. Um, I've seen, but like outside of few. the one movie that I watch for this show per week, I rarely watch movies. Maybe Emily and I will have a movie night where we watch something else, but 
more often than not, I watch one movie every week, and that's all the movie watching time I have. I mean, I have more time to watch movies. I just fill it with other things. Right. Like, if that was a thing I did. But I, that's how I used to watch movies before we did this show. Because, like, I remember I watched Birdman and Interstellar and Whiplash and something else, like, in the same day. That's insane. Like, I just went to Redbox and paid $4 <laughs> right, and got some Oscar nominees. <laughs> Uh, I had a great day. That's how I used to consume movies before we did the show. And now it's like, yeah, I watch a movie a week, but it would be like I watch four movies a month still. They're just all on a random Sunday right. when it rains. <laughs> right. And I live close enough to a red box and I have you, $4. Is, is there a red box? What? Is there a red box near you? No, there was. We lived in port. Well, I know, but I mean, I wasn't sure if there was like the co-op red box or something. I have no idea. There's one at the CVS on the corner of Brandon and Colonial. I, I'm having a hard time placing that CVS in my brain. Like at Towers? Oh, I know where that is. Yes, yeah. obviously. Yeah, there's a red box there. Um, There's not one at the 7-Eleven near Cave Spring anymore. It's now an Amazon Dropbox thing. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like an Amazon locker. I mean, not cool because like Jeff Bezos is going to eat the planet, but cool like, oh, that's a neat thing. Anyway, so so what we were talking about was they don't make him like they used to, right? And I'm not a big fan of that argument, but like this is one of those movies where they just don't. So that's something I wanted to talk about was this movie very clearly inspires so many filmmakers like watching this and watching classics. I think it's always interesting to see the narrative style and see how this has so vividly influenced Mm -hmm. films throughout the years. And the one that really stuck out to me from this one is Forrest Gump. Okay. In what way? Well, in that Forrest tells like this whole story first act from the park bench. Oh yeah. Yeah. The story is really what happens in the last 10 minutes. Right. And that stylistically was very similar to me. And it was, you know, Forrest doesn't think that he's anybody and he doesn't think that he's anything special, but the world would be a terrible place if Forrest Gump never walked the earth. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's two schools of thought in movies like this, right? Because a lot of people look at this and say, oh, they don't make them like they used to. And a lot of people look at movies like this, especially older movies like this, and say, ah, they're all the same. There's no style here. And for plenty of movies made in the 40s, that's, and and the 30s, 40s, 50s, that's true. Is like, there were a lot of directors that were just like, we are getting a shot. We are getting whatever shot we can get, and we are piecing them together into a movie, and we're going to let them talk their way out of things. And and the other challenge was when you were not filming in color, there's a lot less to work with. I don't I think yeah but not not for a good director though I don't think there is because like this is a great there's a great scene in this movie uh what it's one of the first scenes where the kids are all um sliding down the hill on their mm-hmm. uh, shovels mm-hmm. right and they've all got on the same kind of coat right they're big these like plaid buffalo check pea coats right mm-hmm. and everybody else's are a darker color a, a dark color and a darker color right mm-hmm. George's is black and white huh his is bright white and he like it, it, there's a good shot you can look at it and see it where like, you'd see Sam Wainwright and 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 Harry and whatever the other dude's name was and they're all wearing their like red, what was probably red and black the buffalo check and george has on his white coat his white and black coat and he stands out i uh george having no hearing in his left ear obviously it plays a huge part because he doesn't have to go to the war but like i don't i think if that film were made today like if you were to remake it's a wonderful life you would have to reference frank's inability or not frank george's inability to hear something multiple Constantly. times in the film well that's the yeah. thing so they for better or for worse they truly don't make them like this anymore right like this movie Gets away with stuff like that. If just like, ah, George can't hear. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. Right. Right. Like George turns down the job in plastics with Sam Wainwright. That never particularly comes up again, except that Sam has money later on that George doesn't actually need for any reason. Right. Yeah. George ends up with a, I mean, not like a house that they 
flip essentially and like you know the, the big george's big problem is that he not problem but like his, his homarsha is that he's too kind he's too caring and that he he's so selfless he can't live for himself right he hates the job he hates his life but he won't dare show that to anybody right like he's george bailey he runs the building and loan he makes a big speech when he opens people's house and he like knocks their door open with a bottle of champagne right like he's the guy he, he is, loves all of that i think no i think he loves all of that but i also think he longs for a life he could never have no because there's one scene where he does something that would be like selfless and for the community and then it, it, it once everybody's gone you see him like slam the door of his car or whatever and just like jesus so he he always he always wants more than Bedford Falls, right? He he has to be he feels stuck. Everything has led up to him feeling stuck and tied to this business he doesn't want in this place he doesn't want to live in because he knows how bad things would be if he wasn't the one doing that, right? Because nobody else is going to step up. Right. He makes such a big difference in this community. He really does. He's like yeah. Superman. You and know? that's He's, the lesson he has to learn, right? Right. Um and and that this community that the world might be big, but your relationships are bigger. Yeah. And the impact you have on folks is bigger. You know, George in in New York, if he was the mayor of New York City, it wouldn't matter. He couldn't mm -mm. have the kind of impact that he does. No, well, there's a lot. I, I want to come back to this stuff in a minute, but I do want to finish the point I was making. This is unlike movies made in, in 2020 in ways that, well, I guess 2020 is a bad example. We haven't had a whole ton of movies made this year. Um, right. But say 2019, for example, like this is different in ways that are obviously this is different from Avengers Endgame, right? Like, this is not a franchise movie. The concept of an action movie hadn't been invented yet, right? Right. Like, you had Charlie Chaplin jumping in front of trains and stuff. Sure, that's one thing. But, like, this is what movies were. Like, you just... It was... A, a movie was where a bunch of people talked on screen. Right. And... But this is also different from modern dramas. Like, this isn't Little Women. This isn't Marriage Story. This is just, like, a, a type or, like, a genre of movie that just does, isn't there anymore. And I don't even know if I could put words to, like, what that is. But, like, this is not the way they make dramas anymore. And it's not the way they make comedies anymore. Well, this isn't how they make... What, can you imagine if, if in Ford vs. Ferrari, Matt Damon was like, Now you gotta drive that Ferrari, Enzo! I mean, no, it's not... You're getting stuck <laughs> on the accent. The way they talk. You're getting real stuck on that. Because <laughs> it's... It... it, uh, it for, for somebody who does not have a palate for this type, I don't want to say I don't have a palate. It's not... It's not that I don't like it or don't appreciate it. I, I recognize that as somebody who, who watches and studies and cares about film, this is something that I'm underread on and would like to be more well-read on. Uh, but but I'm not. But well, I'm so not. You, I think you show, you take somebody from 1947, right? And you obviously ignore the whole other thing, like what's an iPhone, what's a penguin, what's an iceberg. You take somebody from 1947, you drop him in, in, in 2020, right? And you tell him like, ah, see, it's different. We don't make movies in black and white anymore. And they'd be like... Yeah, but you make them in two different colors. It's the same thing. <laughs> right? Like, our movies are going to look weird to them, too. We have we have definitely, especially in, in, like... I'd say in the past two or three years, we've gotten at least a little bit away from orange and blue. Eh, it's not as bad as it eh. was. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, some of these Disney properties have um, these Disney franchise properties, for sure. And it's it's definitely easy these days to think that those are the only movies that come out. They're just not. Uh, if, if if Fast and Furious 20, whatever it was, had come out, Fast and Furious 9 had come out this year, that would have been one of those movies. The, the Bond movie is going to be one of those movies. And we are trending in the, in the... What? One of what movies? The Orange and Blue movies. Oh, yeah. We are trending away from that, but like for the last... 20 years that was hollywood that was right. big budget hollywood right like that's what that's what movies the, 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 even the example they make out of it is ed astro with brad pitt from last year yeah and that's brad pitt that's a brad pitt movie jimmy stewart is brad pitt from 1947 i don't think brad pitt's brad pitt anymore uh 
I mean, he is, though. He follows the same career track as most of these, like, Hollywood leading men used to, where he got, like, older and grittier and weirder. And then he was in a space movie. Which was gritty and weird. Who was his dad in that movie? Who played his dad? Um... I watched Ad Astra on a plane back. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. I, watched, I want to talk about. I watched Ad Astra on a plane back from Dubai. I don't think I 100% got the experience that I needed out of it, so I did not enjoy it very much. So you watched it on a screen that was like. On my iPhone. Five and a half inches. Yeah, I watched yeah. it on my iPhone through my Bose headphones. <laughs> not not quite the way you're supposed to experience the, the it. The movie that won like best sound mixing. <laughs> right. I mean, the sound mixing probably was nice, but. You know, yeah, but you, nice expect- no matter how good the Bose headphones are, you lose something that I would have gotten from my Sonos surround sound, right? Well, you also lose something when your Bose headphones are constantly working to drown out. Because <laughs> 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 so I don't 100% know that I got the... Um, I also think I'd taken an Ambien and was just like riding <laughs> that one out. I, uh, I used to have trouble falling asleep lately. And I put my head on that pillow and my body's like, don't, don't read a book. Don't check TikTok. Just fall asleep, bud. Yeah, I'm starting to do the same thing, too. It's or I used very to, weird. I used to have to, like, put my earpods in or my earpods in and, like, listen to my ASMR videos and go to sleep. And now I'm just, like, I find myself more and more just never get quite getting to the phone. I'm not mad right. about it. No, it's more restful. Yeah, you're what not supposed means? to use screens before bed or whatever. I mean, sure. That's, that's uh, we're we're going to run into our own cancerous problem with screens at some point. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the before bed part is bad, but like, so is the fact that I have two screens right in front of me, but and another giant screen there, and another screen here. The point, <laughs> the point I've been halfway trying to make for for fifteen minutes, is that Frank Capra, like you see his name, he's one of the 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 great directors of all time. Like he has put has it has his name on so many fantastic movies from this era that like a lot of these direct the, the actors always get remembered and the movies always get remembered. A lot of these directors seem to get forgotten in conversations with like greatest directors ever i think it's i think it's tough to compare frank capra to scorsese you know it's or, i think it's a lot easier to compare frank capra to scorsese than it is to compare frank capra to christopher nolan or yeah, that, that, or like really taika waititi thinking, right scorsese's what, been making movies since the 70s right so i think it's tough to sorry i think it's tough to compare frank capra to your to your john watts to your john favreau's to your taika waititi's you know it's an entirely different approach and a different conversation. And and you do have to recognize that Taika Waititi and John Favreau are making content and making hey, you're not supposed to call it content. That that messes with people. But they're making movies and and, and TV shows that sh- simply could not exist in nineteen forty six. Um and I mean there's definitely this is not I would say that It's a Wonderful Life is not a miracle of of cinematography from this area necessarily. Um, I would say it's a, a miracle of like practical effects. They did actually win a like technical achievement award for uh, for, for the snow. snow they invented. Yeah, yeah. For, for inventing like fake snow. Sure, but it's like it's no Lawrence of Arabia, right? Like that was a, that's a properly beautiful movie even to this day. Like you watch that movie and you're like, damn. Okay, these are some shots, my dude. My dude. <laughs> Uh, but I would say that this is more so than any movie from from at least the 1940s. This is a miracle of screenwriting. This script plays to so many different things. Like there's something I I, I guess there's a few people who don't like this movie. This is truly an example where I'm like, but how? Like why? I can ima- here's what I can imagine as a viewer. If you didn't have a very good relationship with your father and you watch this movie and you watch 
really just the last 30 minutes. The part where he gets mad at his kids and like screams at them and then gets redeemed and you're supposed to be like, oh, it's no big deal that he screamed and abused his kids. I can see you having an issue with this character. Like, I think the, the common narrative now would be that you're not allowed to let your stress get you to that point where you take it out on your children in that way is what is what I think. That's how I think somebody could have a bad experience with it. Or if this was a movie you watched with your family and then now you have a broken family for whatever reason, I sure. can see you having a, a negative relationship with the um, film. And like, obviously, it's not everybody who watches a movie's job to like figure out the context and figure out when it was made, figure out what life was like when it was made. Um, this movie on the on the subject of like the whole family relationship, the father son daughter dynamic, like this is a fairly progressive movie for the time because he does like apologize to the kids and treat them like real people that he shouldn't have done that to. Right. And like most movies made during this time period, that just wouldn't have happened. Right. Well, and even at the beginning, the guy who slaps him apologizes when he finally confesses that like you were going to. That's give when I started miss, crying. Yeah. Yeah. Miss so and so poison. Yeah. Like, I, I, the fact that it turned that way actually surprised me. I was like, given context, I think that he's just not going to give her the medicine and she's going to die from something else, from whatever disease she has. It's like a trolley problem. Wait, what? I did, like, I thought that he was going to get the poison and be like, okay, well, the noble thing to do is obviously not to give her poison. And then he would just go take the beating for not delivering the medicine. And the situation would never be resolved because he couldn't tell the adult that they made a mistake, that that was like the respect your elders of the of the day oh yeah no that would there was none of that he was just like hey i get what you hey it sucks your son died dude really does but you can't poison these people yeah and he's like dude it's not your fault i get it it sucks we got to figure it out together um i'm like 10 years old i'm working in a pharmacy what's that (laughs) well he's working at a soda shop (laughs) right right like he's there to to scoop the ice cream pour the sodas and and flick the cigarette lighter is that a thing can you explain that to me is that like a so it's a, it's a cigar lighter. It's like an old fashioned before they had like pocket lighters. That's where you, they would have them in like cigar lounges and stuff. People would have them in their homes. And you know how a, a freaking Bic lighter works? You'll sit there and spark it seven times or whatever. and It'll finally catch. Right. It's the same deal with that lighter. So that's that's his lucky thing. Like he hits it. It goes off when he wishes for something. That's lucky for him. OK. So it only ever goes off for George. Like it doesn't fail for George. We see that because he is lucky. It's a wonderful life. It takes him a long time to realize it. But he is lucky, right? He has a family who cares about him and, and wants him to succeed. And all his dad wants is for him to take over the family business. But his dad understands that he doesn't want to. And the dad says, okay, George, go to college. Now he has the unfortunate circumstance of dying that day yeah. because screenwriting, right? Like, right. Uh, and George can't go to college, right? He has this great last, last hurrah and he's going off to college and he meets the pretty girl and he's going off to college and they they dance on the gymnasium and it splits open right in front of them and they fall in the pool. That's real, by the way. One of my favorite scenes ever. <laughs> so that that's like you you like your kids could go to that high school. This had me convinced, right? Because there was a rumor. There was a rumor. Do you you remember this, right? The Case Spring High School had a pool. It's the thing they tell the freshmen. No. You don't remember this? <laughs> no. Oh man. When we got to high school, they told us there was a pool. You got to find the pool. What? Yeah, you didn't hear this? No. Oh man. Maybe it was when I used to go there for like, uh, I remember this from like wrestling clinics, like CT to Levy would be like, yeah, there's a pool. You gotta, you gotta find the pool at Case Ring High School. But I remember being told this when I was a freshman too. I think, uh, I, I think somebody in band told me this. Might've been Will Harriman. I was like, yeah, there's a pool here. You gotta find the pool. I, I 100% Will Harriman would so do that. So it may, it may have been some low brass BS, but I was convinced. <laughs> I was like, they, they don't know. They haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. They don't know the pool's under the gym floor. I was 100% convinced there was a pool under the gym floor. There's not. There's not. <laughs> it's not how most gyms work. So I would say you could say 100% of gyms don't work that way, and the outliers throw them out. <laughs> I think it was more. It's more common than that. 
or probably you was once upon a time. You think at least half a percent, of one out of every two hundred gyms has a pool underneath it? Uh, no, but it's it's a strong outlier case, right? Like when you do find it, when you do find <laughs> it, that you'll, that'll that'll strike for you, right? That that you'll remember that. <laughs> I I've, I've seen this. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure it's one of those things that was like less common now than it used to be. And they probably was a very good reason for that. Yeah. Cause kids fell in <laughs> and then you close it and they die. <laughs> and they send her home in just a robe. <laughs> <laughs> Look at teenager. George has his moment in that, in that scene that really doesn't, uh, age well. What, where he takes her robe and is like, no, I'm not giving it back. He takes the robe and he's not, and she's like, I'll call the police. And he goes, ah, it'll take too long to get here. Plus, they'd be on my side anyway. Yes. I was like, oh, man, oh. I know this was supposed to be 1919, <laughs> but you can't say that, man. <laughs> There's a pandemic, man. Right, like, oh, my God, I got so stressed when they were in George's house at the end of the movie and nobody's wear masks. Especially when they've lived through the pandemic. That's how the man's the child died. Bro. The son at the very beginning. Nobody's wearing masks at the end of the movie. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, it's, I, 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 I mean, I get it. Get it. The movie's 74 years old, but I'm stressed. <laughs> there was no pandemic. <laughs> uh. Merry Christmas. This movie has something. It's not a Christmas movie, man. No, it's That's not. what gets me more. It's straight, like, somebody, somebody today was talking up to me about, uh, oh, what movie would they say was not a Christmas movie? Because Christmas comes at the end of it. Oh, I'll have to find it. Hold I on. I don't know. But this is, yeah, it's not a Christmas movie. Christmas has nothing to do with this. Right? Like, yes, they, they, the, the whole thing is framed through, like, angels talking to each other, like, telling George's story. But, okay, like, I'd, Jesus I'd, is I'd, never even mentioned. I'm a, I'm a... I was not raised in, but I, I've done some extensive studies in the the liturgy, uh, in the in the you know canon, the four books of canon, and then the the legends series. Uh, what are angels? What do you mean? I I don't I don't understand the biblical significance of angels. They're like the the native species of heaven. That can't be right. They're like they're they're direct descendants of God. Who's their mommy? I think they I think they were just, just poofed into existence. Poofed in okay. for the purpose of helping God create existence. I mean, I guess that's fair. I don't know. I feel like there's not enough. I mean, I'm sure that somebody is going to message me and be like, ah, right, Tyler, you need to, you can't say you've studied the liturgy and then not know what angels are. Obviously read all of these verses of the good word, but I just, I don't know. I, it's never come up as something that's like, like I like they, they, they're mentioned from time to time, but it's like the gray Jedi, right? Where it's this, like the fans have made this thing exist. See, I, I've always taken it to be that like. The angels are the ones that built Earth. No, God just Earth. But did he? Or did, 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 when he was like, God. let there be light, were the angels like, oh, Jesus Christ, now we can rip a hole in the universe and create a flaming <laughs> ball of gas? <laughs> Gotta do a big bang, guys. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Because like the angel, the angel Gabriel comes down to Joseph. I guess and that, says, yeah, that one does happen. You're yeah. gonna have a kid, and he's like, "Me and my wife have not had sex," and he's like, <laughs> "I know she had sex with God." <laughs> that's not how it happened. Uh, yeah, no, that's not how it happened. No, she's immaculate. Uh, yeah, she just is pregnant. That's what makes it so fan fantastical. So the age of Gabriel, I remember that one, but I still just, I don't know. Maybe that was like a God manifests Gabriel as not his son, but not God to go talk to Joseph. But then Gabriel poofs out. Like you can't go when you die. You well, can't so talk angels to the are angel not Gabriel. God, right? Like they are not the father, the son or the Holy spirit. 
Right. They are lower than that. Are they better than me? Yes. Could they serve on a jury? They are not your peers, no. Okay. Um, per the canon of Welcome to Night Vale, yeah, they have to be the same species to be on a jury. So angels are not the same species? As humans, no. Are they the same genus? I doubt it. Maybe. Well, I mean, are they in the same kingdom? I guess not, right? They're well, in the we, heavenly Well, hey, we're kingdom. all in the kingdom of heaven. Right, so they're in the kingdom of heaven. We're in ma- mammalia. Mammalia. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're Are angels mammals is a really interesting <laughs> line. Like, do they give live birth and milk their yag? You gotta think no, right? I think no. I don't think they I don't think they do birth at all. I don't I think, think they do they birth at all. They definitely don't they're not reptiles. They definitely don't lay eggs, right? Like they <laughs> don't birds. lay eggs. They're not cold blooded. Zero percent chance. Angels hold on. Angels have wings. Are they birds? No, because they don't they don't lay eggs. They're not they're not avian. They do have wings, but they're not avian. Okay. But like a toucan doesn't lay eggs past a certain point, I don't think. Are angels toucans? What? Toucans definitely lay eggs. I mean, like, what, like, does a 50-year-old toucan, are they still laying eggs? Or do they hit, like, Does a 50-year-old woman lay eggs? No. A 20-year-old woman doesn't lay eggs. She just has eggs. Right, okay, but a 50-year-old woman doesn't still ovulate. Are angels toucans in menopause? (laughs) Are angels toucans in menopause? So angels, uh, apparently, I've, I have I have missed this from the Bible, right? There's a lot of um, memes about what biblical angels are described as versus how they're drawn. And everything I understand from the memes, which is obviously the highest form of science. Yes, um, and literature. From what I understand from the memes is angels have a lot of eyes pretty much everywhere. But do they need to so see? So are angels... Bird spiders is the real question. Are <laughs> angels bird spiders? They have that, wings and lots of eyes. They've got to be birds. They've got to be insects. And insects? Do insects lay eggs? Yeah. I think so some of them maybe. What is do a, angels? So have is a, a cherub an angel larva? Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I. We were wrong about everything. Angels do come from larva, and then every time a bell rings, an angel emerges from its caterpillar from its cocoon, cocoon. as yeah, a it's butterfly. Chrysalis. Yes. Did you know? This is another little piece of trivia. That's what Clarence, so when Clarence disappears, that's what Clarence is doing, is he's, uh, he's pupating. from his... <laughs> Next week on Bacon and Eggs, we cover Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> that was all you needed to know about the thing that Tyler just did on the other end of the Zoom call. Was freaking Mr. Hands in his eye, eyes in his hands from Pan's Labyrinth. I don't want to cover Pan's Labyrinth. I don't want to cover week. any Guillermo del Toro movie ever. <laughs> that guy. I get Guillermo del Toro mixed up with uh, the machete guy. Danny Trejo? Yes. Man, like you could have picked a different Hispanic actor named Benicio <laughs> Del Toro. No, I know him. I don't know the difference between uh, Benicio Del Toro and uh, Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin. They're all the same person to me. Josh Brolin is white. Yeah, but he was in No Country for Old Men. He's Josh Brolin. Like, he looks like Josh Brolin. I don't know what else to tell you. Okay. <laughs> he looks like Thanos. Not really kind of in the face facial features are wild to me man you ever seen a caricature artist uh yeah and they draw a picture and it looks nothing like you and you're like look i so i would not particularly say that uh javier bardem is a guy that looks unlike josh brolin let's see i don't know what javier bardem looks like off offhand and my keyboard is just not typing apparently i'm typing letters but it's not doing anything so so Josh Brolin we'll and know. and um, Josh Brolin and Javier Bardem were both in No Country for Old Men, and I have not seen that movie in a long time. And I did not at the time that I watched that movie, I did not know which one was which. I think you'd be able to tell now. You'd Probably be like, one of these guys is Thanos. Yeah, one of these guys is, is Thanos. 
One of these guys is Cable from Deadpool 2. Man, that movie sucked. One of these guys is the kid from The Goonies. I, I was uh, about three days ago old when I learned that fact. Fun fact. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why it was Thanos and Cable. It's because Goonies never say die. Well, so we were talking about, uh, I was talking to Becca about Will Wheaton, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I only know Will Wheaton from Geek and Sundry, his YouTube channel. And I was like, he's like every, he's been in everything, right? He's all over the place always. But he's like all over the place. He's like a meme. It's like, sure. and then, oh, Will Wheaton shows up. Sure. But he was in Big Bang Theory as Will Wheaton. He also as reads the Ready Player One books that Becca likes. And then, okay, so later, later on, we were talking about uh, Stephen King and what movies she watch and talking about the Shawshank Redemption and how Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me came from the same book. And she was like, I love Stand By Me. It was one of my favorite movies. And I'm like, that's what you know Will Wheaton from. She's like, he was in that. And I'm like, he's the kid. Is he? I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's news to me. So it's uh, Will Wheaton, Jerry O'Connell, River Phoenix, and Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman's one of the dudes in, G in the Goonies, which is why I got on the Goonies and Javier uh, and Josh Brolin. And uh, Jerry O'Connell's the guy from Kangaroo Jack. He's like, uh, yeah, he's and the white guy from Kangaroo. River Jack. Phoenix was, uh, was. I'd say this Joaquin is Phoenix's a older brother. Let me let me just stop right there. This is a Kangaroo Jack stand cast, and we're gonna have to cover it this year. We are. We should also cover Stand by Me with Will Wheaton. We should also cover the Shawshank Redemption with Will Wheaton, but not with Will Wheaton. He was the black guy. No, that's Morgan Freeman. Can you be so sure? I'm positive. Let's get Frank Caliendo to come on Bacon and Eggs and do a Morgan Freeman impression. Yes, that would be great if he was like, hello and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. This is why I can't do it. That was a terrible I Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> I think we talked recently on the show about how I can't do Morgan Freeman. I just go straight for, for uh, uh, Zay, Tay, uh, not, I almost said Tay Zonde. Tay Zonde? I go straight for Chocolate Zay Frank. Rain. <laughs> I miss Freeman and go straight for for true facts about the Chamele Leon. It's chameleon. It's pronounced chameleon. <laughs> Dear uh, kitten, true facts. Teach you about, about the the monster known as Vacuum, a creature that can <laughs> eat and yell at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Jimmy Stewart. I love Dar Donna Reed. She is fantastic as Mary. Um, uh, some people have criticized this movie very slightly because George is kind of a dick to her sometimes, and that is true. Uh, there's no redeeming factor for that. She, many times in this movie, George proves that he does not deserve Mary. Oh, 100%. But I think, here's, here's what I think the film does do. Humans are flawed individuals. Yeah. And I think a lot of movies these days are afraid to admit that humans are flawed individuals. And sometimes people do bad things and you have to, like, you have to go through the process of redemption and forgiveness. And I'm not saying George does go through those processes, but like they're implied. Right. I mean, she takes him back. She didn't have to, but she loved him. Well, I mean, he was, loved he was properly capital S saved, right? Well, like, yeah. <laughs> like by, by the Lord, by himself. the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> she, she sticks by through a lot for sure. I don't know, man. Is love dead? Uh, no, no. Love is not dead. I love a good love story. You know, we've, we've done a lot of, ace stuff and things like that recently and I, I think that should be celebrated and i think we should we should call it like we see it and and like katniss everdeen doesn't need to choose at all uh but i also love a good love story i love people who just fall in love because they're in love because they're in know? love right because she's loved him since they were children because he picked out what kind of ice cream did she get Ch chocolate with coconuts yes and he's like don't and you know where coconuts are from i'm a member of the national geographic society and he shows her where coconuts are from and she whispers in his bum ear and she's like george bailey i'm gonna love you until the day i die oh and he doesn't hear it he doesn't hear it yeah oh that's so good yeah. i totally missed that entirely and then he gets older and uh she finishes high school and they meet up again and she's like george bailey i still love you and he's like my dad died i gotta go away for four years and you're gonna come back in town 
down and you're going to be in love with Sam Wainwright, except you're actually going to be in love with me. And I just think you're in love with Sam Wainwright. And your mom's a real mean butt to me about it. And then they fall in love and they get married. And we mm-hmm. get the introduction of, of Bert and Ernie, the two Muppets. So, so the, apparently, Sesame Street claims that was not the inspiration for their name. So total dinky. According to whom? I don't know. I saw a thing. Oh. That's where I was learning all my trivia from today. But I think I think history will say that obviously they were inspired by these two characters. I swear to God, there's like a Jim Henson interview about it. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's fine with me. I don't know. Who, I, I'm not the end all. I don't all, know. There's a, so there's a Jim Sesame Henson's. Street like short film about based on It's a Wonderful Life. Where, right. Like it's a wonderful Sesame Street. Right. And something about Elmo wishes it was Christmas every day. And that sucks for him. <laughs> Because Christmas gets real old after like a year. Oh, I think I could do Christmas for a year straight. If I've learned anything from 2020, it's that if it was anything other than pandemic for a year straight, I could do it for a year straight. Well, so like the problem was, it, I mean, it's Sesame Street. It's for kids, right? So there has to be presents every day. Oh. And you run out of presents. Right. There's only so many. I remember Elmo's Elmo trying varieties. to make a present. He's like, it's a moo bunny. And it's like a cat, <laughs> a cow and a bunny stuck together, like a stuffed cow and a stuffed bunny stuck together. I can just imagine Elmo like like cracking. <laughs> it's a wolf body, I swear. <laughs> he like breaks. Um, so it's definitely been a uh, a pervasive, <laughs> definitely been a pervasive piece of of fiction. Uh, you'll find references to this movie just all over other movies, TV shows, music. It's in. Uh, I did not know when I was watching it, and he was like, "I'll get the moon for you." I was like, "That's where it's from." That's it. You want the moon? Yeah. That's it right there. Um, the thing from Bruce Almighty. It's here. It's happening. The uh, lead singer of the American uh, heavy metal band, uh, Every Time I Die, named his daughter, uh, Susanna, after this movie. Calls her Zuzu. That's good. Wrote a song called Pedal about the, how she almost died when she was being born. Hmm. When he reaches into his pocket and the pedals aren't there. Oof. Yeah. Oof da. Yeah, it's 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 definitely brutal watching George like go through the whole thing. It's like, oh, George, you were never born. That means you killed your kids. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. And when he finally he he goes through this hellish experience, right? And he comes back out the other side, and 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 Bert the cop shows up. And he's just like, hey, now don't get away from me. Don't don't you know we don't need to do any of this. And he's like, George, Bert's like, what are you talking about, dude? Your wife's looking for you. She's worried about you. You idiot. And he's like, my mouth's bleeding. My mouth's bleeding, Bert. <laughs> Gets me every time. I'm alive, Bert. This is a movie where I can just like think about scenes from this movie and I'll start crying. Are you about to cry? No, not right now. Oh. But I could. I mean, I'd like to see you cry. I don't see you cry nearly often enough. <laughs> and I watch a lot of Subaru commercials. <laughs> it's like they're driving and like if they if they didn't have that technology to stop the vehicle, they would have killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Front end collision warnings and also love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. I'm telling you, man, it gets me every time. <laughs> why don't you buy a Subaru, my dude? I Well, I, so, because I need a minivan. That's my next purchase, and they don't make one. I could buy the Subaru Ascent, but it would be, like, way more money, and I would still have doors instead of sliding doors. Right, but you don't need a minivan. Ah, uh, with two children, I will. You don't need a minivan with two children. Damn. You drive to Disney World in a Hyundai. You can't even win the Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai, Ethan. Uh, yeah, I can't win the Super Bowl. You're right. I don't play professional NFL <laughs> football. It's pretty hard for you me to work, win the Super Bowl. You you play for you work for a team. I think if you if you work for a team and you win the Super Bowl, do you win the Super Bowl? Like you don't get a ring, but like if you don't get a ring, you don't win the Super Bowl. Okay, hands down. 
If you're not one of the personnel that gets, if, if you're staff and not personnel, you don't, we didn't win the Super Bowl. I wonder if you're like Waterboy, like you're on the field. I don't think the Waterboy gets a ring. I don't know. I think the Detroit Lions did a hype video for their Waterboy on TikTok. Detroit Lions are never going to win a Super Bowl. Not as long as you got Matt Stafford Ever. behind the helm. That organization is fundamentally flawed from the ground up. I don't know. I'm just excited to watch the Washington football team win the Super Bowl this year. It's not a chance that's going to happen. There's a 100% chance of that happening. There's a 0% chance that happens. There's not a 0% chance they're going to go to the playoffs. Okay, but they're not going to win a playoff game, let alone all of them. I don't know, man. They beat the undefeated Steelers. Yeah, on a, a the shortest week in NFL history or whatever. Excuses. Steelers played like no, it was the longest week. It was a it was a Monday. It was a Monday afternoon game. Right after the Steelers played on Wednesday. That's like a normal turnaround from a Monday game, right, to a Sunday. I don't know, but it was a weird week. I'll tell you that much. COVID. Everything's got an asterisk this year. Everything. It sucks, right? Like when the Browns win the Super Bowl. You've said like, that well, every week for the last like four weeks. I, you know, it's just not going to happen. Who knows, man. If there's an AFC team that's going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be the Chiefs or the Steelers. It's not going to be the Browns. <laughs> I just love football. I really love this movie, too. I thought it was just fantastic. Oh. There's very little football in this movie, although Dorch does wear a football jersey. Yeah, and he's like, my football jersey. He's like, this is not, like, not really my aesthetic. And I was like, <laughs> like okay, what? okay, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> you could be a tight end, my man. You could be very good at the football. I think he was hot. Like attractive yeah. or like warm? Like like attractive. Uh, probably. Like I think that he was like known to, to be a good looking guy back then. People talk about old girl in this movie, the girl who plays Mary. Yeah. They say some weird stuff about her. Do they? I don't know, man. It's weird for people to thirst on celebrities. They're just humans, right? Like, I get it. and We've all been there. But people will talk about Donna Reed and they'll be like, I miss her easy smile. But they say it in like a way that's like, like they're smiling with all teeth. She is extremely pretty. She's extremely pretty. There's no doubt about it. I don't know. It's weird when people thirst over people. It just makes me, ugh, makes me uncomfortable. They don't make, I'll tell you, for the most part, they don't make movie stars like they used to. Now, I know there was a lot of problems with that, and everybody was on cocaine. Everybody, all of them. They did all of the cocaine, and all of them almost died. They're all white, too. They're all Except white. Except for this movie had a black woman in it. It did, and she talks about getting a divorce. She's incredible. Great character there. They got away with a lot. Uh, 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 George and Mary sleep in the same bed. Is that not a big deal? That's a big deal, yeah. Really? Yeah. They're married, aren't they? Yeah. You weren't allowed to show a man and a woman in the same bed on screen for long. Like, that was a what was a taboo <laughs> at this time. Because <laughs> uh, 10 years later uh, on I Love Lucy, Lucy and Ricky weren't allowed to sleep in the same bed together. What ever. are you not allowed to do these days? Nothing. You can get away with almost anything in a movie. There are no rules anymore. I think there's some stuff that you can't do. Like what? I don't know. That's just, But that's like... Like they said, the Human Centipede 2, that had no artistic value, but maybe somebody has some love for that film. I'm sure people love that film, but like that movie was banned in America because it was like, it, the purpose is just like to shock value. There's right. nothing else to it. Oh, can't, you can, you can, in like a movie that you can take people to, you show butts and breasts, but not the front. You can't do that in movies. That's a big taboo. Is it still? I think so. I, I don't think, think so. so. You don't think so? Maybe. I don't know. But like you can, uh, you've been able to do that for a long time on HBO. That's true. There's a lot of dicks in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't think I'd like Game a of Thrones. A lot of human penises. <laughs> There's a lot of those HBO shows where I'm like, you're doing this because you can, and it sucks. Right. It's not like you were working for Disney and you were like, man, if I could just show a penis right now. 
that would really take this show to the next level. Right. It's Smart like House 2. <laughs> I love those TikToks that are like, what TV show, Broadway play, movie, or whatever would be better if they could use one F word. <laughs> and the whole thing is it's the joke of like, none. Movies don't need to, you know, movies don't need to swear to be creative or whatever. And and all that's and then number two, Shrek. <laughs> or like whatever. It's like something obviously hilarious that you immediately start going like, now if you could put one in shrek <laughs> shrek's a bad example because shrek was already fairly profane for a movie of its type right in the princess and the frog in finding nemo <laughs> what a lot of if you could put one f word in finding nemo where would you put it where would it go i think when they first meet bruce tell me about that i think marlon would just be like oh f- <laughs> See, I don't, think they, I don't think they would go for that. I think it would be a, a where the f*** is my son. <laughs> or maybe uh, when he yells at Dory. I Man, I was watching Finding Dory. Have you seen that one? Yeah. It kind of loses it there at the end where they're like, the octopus is going to drive a truck and then they're going to crash that truck into the sound. Or into the sound? River? So that's that that's where it loses you? <laughs> where does it lose you, Ethan? No, but like that's the, that's the egregious sin from Pixar. Like... You know that that uh, that freaking Carl flies his house away with balloons, <laughs> just like Captain Party balloons. The, I think what bothers me most about Up is that uh, there's any sort of delay to the house being lifted by the balloons, right? Like if you have a house full of enough balloons <laughs> that they got they got they got to be shot out the top before it works, right. like it would just already be fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, so the octopus, the octopus, Ed, Ed O'Neill driving the truck is where it loses. Octopus, the smartest animal on the face of the earth, driving a truck is where where Pixar loses well, you. I think right? no, it's the otters in the middle of the street is the big is the part that gets me. Is it like their diversion to stop traffic is how you know we just are. covered a movie where a f-ing rat cooks <laughs> under a hat by yanking this dude's hair. Yeah, yeah. Now no, if I, I, I I don't you know my hair's not particularly long. Okay. But if I was to wear a toque or whatever it's called uh, on the top of my head and you had a rat underneath it was pulling my hair, I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, yes, whisk. <laughs> I'd be like, ow. <laughs> ow, 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 please ow. stop. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> I'm going to exterminate Listen here, you. Listen you stupid rat. I'm tired of you pulling my hair. Uh, yeah, there's one that we watched uh, with Seamus Gorman back in the early days where a toy comes to life and looks at Sid in the face <laughs> and talks to him. <laughs> Uh, Toy Story, the original, is a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. (laughs) Glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Like, you shouldn't be able to show that to kids. (laughs) That's terrifying. Uh, what's another one? There's magic in Onward. Yeah, but the octopus is where they lost you. Out of all (laughs) the things in the Pixar canon. There are superheroes. But the octopus driving the truck is where they lose you. Yeah, kinda. Because it, because so much of Finding Dory. Yeah, but you just want to hate Finding Dory. You just want to be on that team. I don't you just want to be on the anti Finding Dory, Finding Dory, I love Dory train. Finding Dory. You just want to be on the anti Finding Dory train. <laughs> I think Finding Dory is a fine film. I like the part at the end of Finding Dory where where an angel shows up and says, "Dory, this is what the world would be like if, if you, were, you never were never born." born. <laughs> and she's like, "Who are these people? I suffer from short term memory loss. I suffer from short term memory loss." And that, um, I think that's my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, so if Dory's never born, Marlon doesn't find his son. Right. Like, Nemo dies right. alone. Nemo gets yeah. out, and there's nobody waiting for him, right? He does not find his way back. Nemo dies alone 
I don't think he gets out. In the I Sydney think Harbor. <clears throat> you think you think that Willem Dafoe fish still gets him out. Yeah. You think Darla wouldn't have picked him up prior to that because he cleans the tank. I don't know. That's a but good question. A, Nemo's journey is completely independent of Marlon Dory until he gets in the water. Right. Nemo dies in the Sydney Harbor by himself alone. Or he gets, what does he do? He gets flushed? Yeah. yeah. He plays dead and he gets flushed. Yeah. All drains lead to the ocean. Uh, yeah. He dies like a crab slices him. Yeah. Or he gets eaten by a seagull. Mine? Um, for sure. And Marlon never finds his kid. Marlon gets eaten by a shark probably. Marlon long dead by that yeah. point. So Dory. Oh, well, well, hold on. Okay. What if... Okay, let's if, start... This is the Hash Browns, where we... A Wonderful Life, other movies, right? We, wonderful Life, Pixar. It's an interesting prospect with Onward, because the dad does die, right? Um, Yeah, the dad does die, but it's not about the dad. It's about um, Ian. Who has to have never been born? Ian. Ian is never born. Onward's not no. a great example. Is Ian the older brother? Ian Lightfoot? No, Barley's no, the older brother. Barley. Barley. If Barley was never born, what would that mean for but Ian? But it's not about Barley. Right. Onward's not a great example. Well, a lot of these movies aren't a great example. That's not the direction that they go. What if What if Danny Ocean was never born? A lot of people would be way happy. <laughs> Man did more harm than good. <laughs> Man is a criminal. <laughs> Lightning McQueen was never born. See, the problem with in Pixar movies... <sighs> Who's the enemy in, in in Onward? Onward? Yeah. Ian. He's like he his it's 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 man versus self, right? Because he can't right. cope with So there's the not a big that, bad villain, right? Well, there's like there's like the cops are chasing them. I'm just I'm making sure I'm not remembering yeah. this incorrectly. Yeah. So Onward yeah. is a particularly bad example, right? Because the rest of the Pixar movies and we can we can indeed cover this in the Hash Browns. But like uh the problem with, with I mean the thing about most Pixar movies is like Bob Parr's never born. Bad example again, because Syndrome doesn't get created. But somebody else wins, right? Like, Bob Parr's never born. Bad still wins. Yeah. Then, Bomb Voyage blows up. Incredibly. And there's right. a dead kid. Like, oh, like, and a man jumped to his death. James P. Sullivan never born. Waternoose wins. Yeah. Uzma Kappa loses. Danny Ocean's never born. Terry Benedict becomes Jeff Bezos. I don't think he does. Does he? There's so much money. When they when they talk in this movie, I I know that like inflation is a real thing, obviously. Um, but like when they talk in this movie about freaking the houses they're building costing five thousand dollars, mad that aren't they're you? buying a house for five thousand dollars. And so that just, that puts it into perspective though, because when when Potter's like, I will offer you four or twenty thousand dollars a year. That's four houses every. Year. So it adjusted for inflation would be about two hundred and forty thousand dollars a year as a great salary. That doesn't add up. No. No, four houses would be a million dollars. Well, right, but that's the thing is that like houses have continued to increase in price more than the dollar. Correct. Has yeah. This is this is the issue, right? This movie is so timeless for these reasons. The problems that George have are problems that people still have, right? He just wants a better life for his town. Right. He just wants like he just wants like a wonderful life. I mean, it's a wonderful life, right? But he just wants his town to like he doesn't want them to prosper. He wants them to live. Just just yeah, to just exist, man, to just be able to exist. Right. Down with Potter, you know. I do think it's interesting Potter takes over. That's who Terry Benedict becomes. Uh is Potter, quite literally. Owns Vegas. Owns brothels and like Yeah, god, man. They really uh they made some some soft commentary against jazz in this movie. Yeah. Cuz every time every every place that George runs by has some like great jazz music blaring out of it. Speaking of jazz, I did add uh Kind of Blue to my vinyl collection, Miles Davis. Nice. Yeah. Collecting those jazz vinyls. Uh, you know, I really like jazz vinyls. I think uh I think the way horns sound on on the old uh it's a good one yeah flip disc is a nice sound i tried to buy a copy 
of uh, the album when I was watching this last night. I tried to buy a copy of the album by Knuckle Puck that has Bedford Falls on it, uh, which is one of my favorite songs by them. But it, they didn't make it on vinyl. So mm, hate that for you. Yeah. Knuckle Puck, a band that took their name from the Mighty Ducks. This is a fun fact. Disney has announced a, uh, of, a new series of, of the Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks, starring Emilio Estevez and Laura Graham. L- Lauren Graham? Lauren Graham. Laura sounds better. She should change it. Uh, Lauren Graham from uh, that show that you like, Gilmore Girls. I still think it's funny that on the front of her memoir, Lauren Graham lists herself as Lauren Graham uh, from Gilmore Girls and Gilmore Girls. <laughs> just really buys into it, 100%. Whether there have been two Gilmore Girls series? No, just that that's the thing you know her from. Oh, yeah. That is and not like her role as the principal in the Vin Diesel movie, The Pacifier. I knew her from that. It's a great movie. Underrated. Hugely underrated. I've heard that. I've heard that like when you do your babysitting movie, they're always better than people think. Uh, no, the Tooth Fairy is a bad movie. What about the one that uh, Muscles Muscles Glasses just did? Uh, not Muscles Glasses. John That's Cena? actually a different person. No, not John Cena. His was... What, what one did he do? He just did the one about firefighters, right? Yes. I was thinking of... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? Not Ted DiBiase. Uh, Who the hell are D- you talking about? Oh my God, Drax. Oh, oh, Dave Batista. Da- Dave Batista. My spy. Yes. I heard it wasn't great. <laughs> I heard Stuber wasn't good either, so. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> I refuse to believe that Stuber's not the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> I won't live in a world. Uh, uh, my spy. Dave Bautista. Chris and Shaw. 47%. So not great. Not terrible. Not great. Next week on Bacon and Eggs. Oh, oh man. <laughs> You'll never guess what the score is for the pacifier. 22%. 21%. Dang. So maybe maybe there is something here. Think uh I think in the mid 2000s you were allowed to make a worse movie. I truly do. Mid 2000s is a wasteland for almost everything. It's better the whole 2000s, the whole aughts. Right? Because they made some crazy movies and some were good and some were bad. Uh some crazy fashion choices and some were good and some were bad. Like there was there's no like the 80s have a style, right? Like you know, when you look at something from the 80s, you're like, this looks cohesive. This looks intentional. This looks like when you look at the 2000s, you're like, what in God's name? You know, the 2000s were just all like <clears throat> I got post, a freaking uh post 9-11 America was a weird place. I got a um Notification from Timehop the other day that that I shipped my pants commercial came out like 14 years ago. Dang. <laughs> or something like that's, that. A while ago. But I would have thought that came out this year. That's a Kmart commercial, by the way, in case you'd forgotten. Kmart doesn't exist anymore. Does it really not exist at all? I mean, I'm sure there's Kmart somewhere. I don't think they'll ever get rid of the Kmart Newport News. No, that's that's where people live. Um... I did not notice until recently that our Sears is gone. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's how often you go to Sears. Well, like, we had one of the last Sears, right? Like, we were one of the last to go. Sears is the worst, man. You used to be able to buy a house from the Sears catalog. Yeah, you could buy anything from Sears. They would ship you, like, a shipping container that has a house built, like, 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 like a house you build yourself inside of it. <laughs> that's bonkers to me. It's poggers, man. It's poggers. I don't know what that means. It People f- keep saying it. Feet what? 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 Who keeps saying it? People. Oh. I thought you said I keep saying it. No. No. I- it's like I've said it like twice. It feels either, I don't know, racist or sexist or something, right? It feels like I'm not supposed to say it. Right. I'm afraid to. I'm afraid and I think to that's say how, it. I think that's how I know I'm old. That's so that poggers, bro. That's so poggers of you. I-, I can't tell if it's like, good job or like, you you really goofed this one. You really screwed the pooch on this one. All right. Let's see what... um. The top definition on Urban Dictionary is 
uh, epic word can be used for anything. I think. I mean, I, I understand that that's what it is. That's like it's supposed to be like a filler, like good, good job, pal. But I just don't see it that way. Apparently, it came from Twitch. Yes, I did know that. I did not. Anyway, that's so poggers. Dude, this is Many a pretty poggers, poggers. movie. I, I don't think you can call this movie poggers. <laughs> you can call this movie whatever you want. It call really it is. Lust. Call it a love, wonderful call life. it whatever you want it. All right, Ethan, I'm ready to do some big scores. Let's do some big scores. Uh, so you said you've calculated the listener score? I did. I feel so bad about our, our, our movie last week. I wish it did better. It just wasn't that good. I mean, I liked it. It was all right. We, we reviewed a lot of good films this okay, year. so we both gave it hundreds. Yep. What's the Rotten Tomato on it? I want to say... I'll tell you, 94. 94. Okay. The Metacritic was... 89. 89. Okay. The Rotten Tomato audience score. 95. 95. And from Bacon and Eggs listeners, we got a 93. Ooh, there are some scores that really were working hard to lower To pull that, that down. Yeah. So this is definitely a device, divisive movie, right? So we had, with the exception of four, every score was in the, the 90s, most of them in the upper 90s. Yes. We had 185 and then, was, and then some uh, sub-20s. Yeah, we had, like, this was, we've we've really convinced people to use the whole spectrum, and they are, and but somebody I saw gave it a 10. Yeah, a couple of people gave it a 10, there was a 25, there was an 85, and then a bunch of 90-somethings. Yeah. So, yeah, Rotten Tomato, I mean, uh, Bacon and Eggs listener score of 93, and... Which gives it a Bacon and Eggs score of 97. Nine, 97, yeah. Does that, that's we, gotta put it at number one, right? I believe so. So if you go back to sheet one. Yeah. Uh, Return of the King is, is a 94. Yeah. So it, it sweeps. This, I mean, this is going to be unbeatable. Yeah. I don't think that there is. We a would have to find that something we... that's hundreds on the scores, even on medic. We'd have to review like Citizen Kane and both give it hundreds. Right. Right. So, or like Toy Story. Well, no, because Metacritic would pull it down. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we already covered the Toy Story movies. I know. Soul. Soul is going to do it. I don't think it will. No? You're not feeling good about Soul? I don't think Seamus Gorman is going to love it that much. He's not sold on Jamie Foxx. That's true. (laughs) Jamie Foxx playing a jazz character? He's not sold on that. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. Has sold. Get it. Get it. Oh, man. And I don't give out hundreds easily. (laughs) I know. It's going to be hard for you to watch a movie and give it a hundred. Like a new to you movie, I think it's very rare for Ethan to watch one and give it a hundred because because we have rose colored glasses. Well, yeah, part of the reason I give this a hundred is because I've seen it thirty times and I still want to watch. It. I would watch it right now for over two hours. So that was my big fear. Something we haven't talked about at all is the length of it. My big fear going into it was that like the two hour ten minute runtime was gonna just kill it for me. And it's so well paced. It didn't bother me at all. It killed it for Mary Clay. I know that much. She complains about the runtime of this movie so much. Um, Yeah. It's just a non-factor for me. I just don't, like, I don't care how long a movie is. If it tells the story effectively, then it wins. Like, that's it. If it's 90 minutes, if it's, you know, four hours. Whatever, dude. Now, I do think it's hard to sustain a movie for three hours. I agree. Um, I think that once you start making a movie three hours long, like that's the that's the sort of mythical length, right? That like the, the you can't really go past that. Right. That's sort of the capper. Yeah. Now they have gone past that. I mean, Gone with the Wind is like four hours long, and everybody complains that it's terrible. Mm, no, they don't. They complain that it's too long. It is too long for sure. You can cut an hour and a half out of it, still have a perfectly good movie. Probably a better movie. <laughs> but it's a fantastic movie. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful, full color from 1939. None of this Wizard of Oz sepia tone for the beginning. Just just full color the whole time. I didn't know that. Yep, it's a beautiful movie. So is the Wizard of Oz. Lots of very vibrant colors that you just don't see on the screen a whole lot anymore, unless you're watching the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
I just still would have liked some more color from the final battle of Avengers Endgame. The breaking from the Hollywood blue and orange had really been a hallmark of that whole series, and they really just bought into it for that last battle. I think the last battle of Avengers Endgame is awesome. I mean, sure, but it's not that pretty. I don't know, man. Watching that bad boy in 4K. Oof. Not the way it could have been. Watching... I mean, anytime Captain America catches Mjolnir, oh, and then he just thwaps him in the face, and he... Oh, man, that's so good. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch Endgame tonight. <laughs> it is 10.35 p.m. <laughs> if you start right now, it will end at, like, 1.35 p.m. Or it's not three hours long, is it? Avengers Endgame is three hours and two minutes long. Is it really? Yeah. Dang. I did not realize that. Yep. Anyway, this has been Bacon and Eggs Talks about It's a Wonderful Life. We'll be back next week with, I have no idea what, another Christmas movie. Haven't picked yep. one yet. No, we haven't. Um, but there's some out there. My wife keeps asking me to watch Die Hard with her, and I think it's time we just bite that bullet so we can stop having the, is Die Hard a Christmas yeah, movie Yeah, but I just want to cover, we can cover Die Hard whenever. I want to cover a Christmas movie. <laughs> we cover Die Hard in January. Um, but I just want to get it out of the way. I've also never seen it, but I've heard it's got Alan Rickman. One of them does. I'm not 100% certain it's the first one. I get them mixed up, though. I've seen Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, I saw it Justin with you. Long. Justin Long. Yeah, yeah, so good. So good. That's one that you don't really need to have the background that much. No, yeah, I don't I don't think it's uh Yeah, I don't think you do. I mean, it might help you to know who John McClane is. You you'd be bought into the character a little bit, but like you could pretty much pick it up anywhere. Anyway, this has been an episode of Bacon and Eggs. Uh, our graphics are by Fashion Brandon at graphite.vmb on Instagram. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, andrewscottbellmusic.com. Uh, this show is a proud production of the WBNE Podcast Network. For more information or to join the network, head to wbne.org. And here is a a, a trailer for a great WBNE show called Hello from Elsewhere. Oh, I love them. Do you find yourself thinking deeply about pop culture? Do you wish for a super nerdy podcast that explores your favorite movies and books? Well, look no further. From WBNE, it's Hello from Elsewhere. On our podcast, we promise to literally transport you to all your favorite fictional settings. I don't think we can actually promise that. Yes, we can. Travel with us to the Death Star. We can't put people in harm's way like that. Or visit beautiful new Asgard. That's so many plane tickets to Norway. Explore the eras of Jane Austen or Frankenstein. Metaphorically, we don't know how to implement time travel. We do now on Hello From Elsewhere. We're going to get in trouble with these promises. With new episodes every other Friday, Hello From Elsewhere is available wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, that part is true. You can even listen on the Hogwarts Express. Oh, boy. Anyway, Tyler, do you have any final thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -uh. I've been Ethan Etchell. He's with Tyler Carlin. Until next week, are you ready? Am I talking too much? This has been a WBNE production. For more great shows, visit WBNE.org.